Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We support our local team and our local brewery, Phantom Brewery, and they've decided to support us back and you guys by offering a 10% off code EPR10 when used on their website, phantombrew.com will get you 10% off anything you order this season. That code again, EPR10. Lafondra looking to get caught side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Jingle all the way. It's me. I'm back. It's Jacob Southcline on the Elm Park Rules podcast. It's our last one for a little while until we're whisked away into a world of mince pies and merriment. Um, it's the last one before Christmas, um, to be absolutely clear. And who else to bring on? to spill the beans on all the goings-on in Reading FC's press conference this week. Uh, it's not Jonathan Lowe, he's in Australia. Uh, it's James Earnshaw, who is not in Australia. He's here now. Hello, <laughs> no, James. Jacob. I'm very well. I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm um, The Christmas spirit has not uh, overcome me yet. I'm, I'm no. still all... I mean, I should be full of Christmas spirit because Reading have won two games on the trot, even though those two wins were separated by the best part of a month. Um, it's it's looking good. We're up to eighth. I don't know how, but we are up to eighth. And our opponents this weekend are three points behind us, but in like twelfth or something. So it just goes to show how mm. narrow the league is. And um, and I've, I'll let you into a little secret. Um, the person I'm getting on later from Blues Focus reckons it's going to be a draw, and uh, that would be a really naff way to go into. Um, I'd take into a draw. Christmas. Uh, would you the way to yeah. Birmingham? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Point on the road when you're home games. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a bit like uh, waking up for Christmas and running to the tree and finding that, like, you've got a Lynx Africa boxer. It's fine. It does a job. You know, it, it's, it's uh, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. But, you know, you, it's kind of just a bit like, meh. Well, you know? Where have you got this attitude from, Jacob? We've got to scrap for all the points we can get. We can't well, meh points. <laughs> Well, I mean, do you remember when you interviewed me early in the season and I said anything but a top half finish now would be disappointing, and yeah. you ridiculed me? Yeah. yeah. See, that's that's where I'm coming from. You're just a you're just a stooge. You're an, Eb- <laughs> an Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, right. Let's get down to business. Um, it's been a quiet-ish week on the Running FC front. Mm-hmm. Um, big-ish news is that similar to Santa coming down your chimney once a year. Uh, we're having the annual appearance of Scott Dan in a Reading squad uh, yeah. this Friday. Um, I have seen no signs of life as far as Dan is concerned for a little while, but he trained this week. And according to Ince, James, he's available for selection. 
Yeah, his first, this should be, I think, his first involvement in a squad for eight months wow. since he went over Stoke last season. Uh, he got 60 minutes, I think, against um, Sunderland in the 21s. Didn't appear to necessarily set the world alight, but he did his job. You know, he didn't overstretch himself. And apparently he's been training for 13 weeks. Um, so Ince is like... Weeks. Yeah, I know. So Ince said all, all hands to the pump and he'll be available if, if they require him. Obviously, I don't think they'll want to bring him on necessarily or mm. they'll obviously bring him on with maybe five, ten minutes to go. I think it'll be a straight swap, I'd imagine. McIntyre coming in for Holmes as it was sort of with the sub. Uh, and then maybe give Saar a bit of a break and bring him in from the start against Swansea. But um, no, it's just another body, isn't it, really? to We've gone from having no centre-halves to suddenly having to leave people out. Yeah, yeah I see. I mean, we're well enough stocked at the back, really. And like you say, with, with Holmes missing Birmingham, you'd expect McIntyre to come mm. in there and um, and they probably won't risk Saar. I mean, especially if, like you say, if Dan's been training for 13 weeks and is only just appearing now and we don't really want to be like throwing Saar into the deep end. Uh, very, very funny how um, it's, I always look on who scored before these pods <laughs> and uh, Saar is still like our, one of our top five highest performers <laughs> of the season after that one game where he scored... Two, um, two games. Two games, yeah. Oh, who yeah. could forget? Um but uh, yeah, no. So it sounds like relatively quiet as far as the centre back situation is concerned. I mean, no sweeping changes for the weekend there. Uh, looking further up the pitch, um, you had a chat this week with a certain Andy Carroll, mm-hmm. um, and um, he, having spoken to West Brom fans uh, on this very podcast earlier in the season, they were they were impressed with Carroll whilst he was there. Uh, and it probably won't please them to hear now that um, he said that he uh, he regrets the move. He regrets the move to West Brom. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? He's a wind-up merchant, that Andy Carroll. He is. I mean, he could, really is. You were sat there looking at him, and you were like, you could see his head clicking. Like, what can I say here that's going to cause people to kick off? And you could just <laughs> see it. And he said that, and he said it with a straight face, and then he just burst out into laughing. It's like I, I know what I've done there. He's he set himself a trap. But I think it's more just Steve Bruce. I mean, I don't think he necessarily disliked playing for the club necessarily. I mean, he did all right there. I just think it all kind of went sour because obviously Bruce came in pretty soon after Ishmael left. And, you know, and we all questioned it at the time, but why why did he leave Reading? I mean, you know, it was he was adored by Reading fans, even though he was part of, let's face it, one of the worst teams that Reading have had statistically. He's, he's gone away sort of seemingly at the first opportunity, although we don't know whether the club could have done anything regardless um, but obviously he didn't hang around for long. Um, maybe he's, you know, he's determined not to make the same mistake twice and, and stick at a place where he's well loved and where the fans are willing to give him the, you know, the, the chances to, to, to succeed. Yeah, I don't think Steve Bruce is going to be particularly high up Andy Carroll's Christmas card list this year. Yeah. I don't think there's any love lost there. But if there was a potential of him sticking around, then great. But at the same time, I think. If you're a Reading fan like me, I've already kind of emotionally braced myself for, for mm. Andy Carroll leaving again in January, especially if you know you believe all these rumours about wages and whatnot. But that's that's speculation. We shouldn't speculate. But if, if it's um, one or the other, I think tying and Bengo down yes. is much more important than yeah. giving Andy Carroll another six months. Obviously, He's, in an ideal world, you get both. But yeah. if, you, if it's one or the other, I think Bengo is is the higher prospect. Yeah, we need to have a shake of the magic Reading FC money tree to uh, <laughs> because it's. I mean, you touched upon Mbengue. He has given that he arrived with such little fanfare. Mm. 
And he was a real sort of under-the-radar pickup when compared to some of the higher-profile acquisitions we got in the summer, like Hutchinson and, and you know, Saar. And he, he's been brilliant. He's, um, in terms of priorities, like, we have to, we have to sign him on because, I mean, he, an eye-catching performance against Hull where he scored the winning goal. But more than that, I mean, he's, he's looked decent in just about every game he's played, James, hasn't he? Mm, yeah, and he's still 20. Um, it's what Reading haven't done for so long. But, you know, ultimately, championship clubs are feeder clubs, aren't they, for Premier League clubs or, or for higher clubs on the food chain. It's what we used to do so well back in the day. And more than anything, he's he's a player that we can flip. You know, we can bring him in young, improve him, and then sell him for a profit. It's how championship clubs how well-run championship clubs make their money and move yeah. up the ladder. And it's what we haven't been doing for the last six, seven odd years. Um, yeah. So, you know, we have him for three or four years. He's 23, he's improving. If Reading aren't up there, then we can move him on. But at least we've made a nice bit of profit to then go and reinvest. Yeah, I mean, for the avoidance of doubt, for those of you at home, uh, James did make quotation marks with his fingers around well run because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you won't have been able to see that. But, but yeah, it's totally right. I mean, it's a heart back to the days you know, gone by in, you know, the early 2000s when that's exactly what Reading would do. And, you know, on paper, a fairly inauspicious pickup. But, you know, the fact that he's doing the bits on the pitch this season and he might help balance the books further down the line. I mean, it's, it's a win-win, isn't it? And um, mm. especially, like, given that we're kind of deploying in a, him in a bit of an unorthodox position, that like he wasn't really brought in to be a centre-half. Um, he's, he's looked like one of our most capable performance uh, performers there so in terms of the team sheet then for Friday what are we thinking because obviously we know we've touched upon the fact that Holmes is going to be replaced we did get a win against Hull in fairly unflattering circumstances I mean it was, it, yeah it, uh, sorry did I say Hull sorry yeah. Coventry I think <laughs> we did beat Hull as well <laughs> we did beat Hull yeah yeah sorry um Coventry absolutely I, I feel like I've fallen through a, a wormhole um <laughs> We did beat Coventry in fairly unspectacular circumstances. It was a gutsy win, I think I would say, mm. to put a positive spin on it. And I know there's been a lot of debate about, you know, would you rather see us play well and lose or, you know, like play like we did against Coventry and win. I mean, I, for me, I haven't got any complaints about going into this fixture with the same setup, really, because it worked. I mean, are there any changes? If you're Paul Ince, which you're not, James, but if you were <laughs> the manager, are you changing anything for this one? Because I'd probably suggest not. Uh, I think the only one, obviously, other than the unforced, uh, the forced change would be, I think I'd bring Shane Long back in mm. to do a similar sort of role as to what he did against Hull. Actually Hull, not Coventry Hull. Yeah. Uh, when he played up top with, with Mate, I think the two of them sort of pressed it well. I mean, it'd be harsh to drop Carroll, which is probably what we end up being. But I think this is the kind of game away from home. Long, you know, we're probably going to be feeding off scraps. I mean, I don't think they'll create a great deal either. I think it'd be a very, very scrappy game for both teams and whoever scores first will probably come away with with the points but um, I think it's Shane Long's kind of game to sort of make something happen out of nothing I think Long this season even though he's only picked up the one goal he's been a real unsung hero when he has come on because he gives the front end of the attack like this entirely different dynamic like you, Mm. you mentioned his pressing he is a pressing forward. I mean, for somebody of his of his age, I mean, what, 35, 36 35. now? Yeah, he's, um, he just doesn't seem to tone, especially when, you know, that's like we double down on that by bringing him on as an option off the bench. Mm. He, I, I think oppositions are often surprised by just how much in, in his legs he's got. 
And it gives um, the fans yeah. second wind as well. If the game is sort of lagging at a nil-nil, or if we're but one nil down with half an hour to go, it kind of gives the fans a kick up the backside to say, yeah. you know, come on, there's still you know there's still something in this game. Let's go and get it." Totally. And um, so I I agree with your analysis there. I think it might be worth bringing in in Shane, especially given that we haven't got a fixture now until the twenty seventh. Mm. Um, it you know we're not necessarily at risk of. Um, you know, <laughs> of breaking him. I'm just going <laughs> to frantically touch words as I've said that. Because, uh, yeah, to, to members of the, the long household listening, I, I'm really sorry I have tempted fate there. But um, <laughs> hopefully Shane, Shane Long comes through the game um, against Birmingham Unscathed and that he'll be able to have a seat at the Christmas table on the 25th. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay, let's... let's. So we talk, we've talked about press conference news. We've talked about how we'd like to see the team set up. I suppose all that's left to do is predict the score. I'm going for a draw. I, I know I've already mm. said it. Um, I think it, a draw, you know what, I'm coming coming around to your line of thinking. <laughs> I reckon a draw, it wouldn't be terrible. Um, I'm looking at Birmingham. They've got players. I mean, mm. um, Scott Hogan's banged nine play, nine goals in for them so far this season. Uh, Christian Bielik's on loan mm. over there. As a, he's been really, really class. And, and their defence as well. They've, they've got an American lad, um, the wonderfully named Austin Trusty. Uh, <laughs> Austin Trusty. So, so American. But, you know, it's like, like a comic book superhero. Um, he scored three from centre-back this season. And their uh, wing-backs pushed really high up. And, you know, similar to us, it's going to be... It's going to be a and they've got Troy Deeney, obviously. Yeah, the, the, uh, the seemingly immortal mm. Troy Deeney. Seems to have been around for bloody ages. Mm. Um Hometown hero, Troy Deeney. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be a score draw. I, they've just come off the back of a nil-nil. Mm. I can't see it being a nil-nil in this one. Um, what do you think? And then one all. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That seems to be what a lot of people are tipping. Mm. It'd be um, quite a nice one all if we come from behind, I think. Nice little, because okay. obviously, you know, if you go one up and, and you draw, it kind of feels a yeah. bit more like a defeat. But yeah. it's a bit, bit of a sort of winning feeling draw. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, we've had so many draws this season that feel like losses. Um, well, I say so many. We've had a couple. Yeah. But um, it, it would be nice to sort of go into Christmas on a high. What are your festive plans, James? I'm sure the listeners are absolutely um, chomping at the bit to find out what your Christmas movements are going to be like. But, um, you know, we've got a couple of minutes to pad. So, um, fire away. What are you <laughs> What are you up to? I can tell you're a regular presenter. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just a standard. <laughs> Just seeing family and stuff. It's quite nice now to not having the game Boxing Day yeah. uh, to be able to enjoy the merriment, as you say, to the full. Uh, mm. And that therefore knocks on so I can enjoy the full merriment of New Year's Eve as well, which is a bit more handy than, than Christmas, I think. Um, yeah. But no, it should be nice. I mean, I'm, I'm back working straight away after because we've got a lovely trip to Norfolk in between Christmas hey, and New Year. So, hey, what uh, a delight. Yeah, that'll be a nice break up between Christmas and New Year. Um, yeah. And that'll be nice to have a few days to to do nothing and watch the other Boxing Day games going around us and not to know that it ruins the Christmas evening. Yeah, I mean, the fixture change of the season have just been all over the place, haven't mm. they? But um, yeah, I mean, come on, you must be titillated by the idea of seeing all the Norwich fields covered in snow and, you know, like, you know, the snow hammering down on the motorway. I mean, doesn't, you know, that, that that's surely got to, you know, make your heart all fuzzy and warm. But, um, I'm, not, I'm not driving, so that's that's the one bonus. Uh, it's my mate's turn as we alternate between all the away games. His turn to drive, and we've uh, we've booked because we're because it's a midweek game, isn't it? It's a night game. Yeah. So I'm having to stay over. So I'm mm. staying over in the hotel attached to the ground. 
So that'd be like the latest possible leave I can get away with. Be like, rock up at one minute to six and suddenly get my uh, live blog set up. You're going to be like a, a Norwich equivalent of when um, Reading sign a new player and they have to stay yeah. in the, um, <laughs> in the, the Medeski Hotel. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. do a Lucas Boyer, though. I'm going to make sure I see it through. Yeah, nice, nice. Like it. Not Dedication. Lucas Boyer. Who was it? Oh, Raquel May. Rodrigo Raquel May. Oh, uh, yeah. No, the you bring up Lucas Boyer because... Um, oh, no, they're both Argentinian, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, you've got Argentina on the brain ahead of the uh, World <laughs> Cup final this, this Sunday. But, uh, yeah, I know we haven't mentioned that the World Cup's still on, but, um, yeah, con- condolences to all England fans listening. Uh, and I'll Dutch quickly, fans. And Dutch fans, yeah, there's at least one. Um, I'll quickly <laughs> change the subject and give a quick plug to our good sponsors at Phantom Brewing Co., who are still available for all of your uh, last-minute alcoholic Christmas gifts. Um, you can use the code EPR10 to get a tasty 10% discount over on their website and uh, all that's left to do then is say sayonara james for another uh, for another for another yeah. uh, episode another whatever year. this has been another year and um and by the time we speak to you next i expect you to be um full of turkey full of uh, whatever else you you eat at the Earnshaw <laughs> household and um thank you very much for your service it's greatly appreciated thanks for having me jacob And after the break, we'll be talking to Zach from Blues Focus, a Birmingham podcast. So stay tuned for that and see you in a bit. Welcome back after the break. Hopefully you're staying warm at home and your fingers and toes haven't dropped off yet because that would be a disaster before Christmas. Um, The good news is I'm now joined by the good people of Blues Focus or specifically one good person from Blues Focus and that is... Zach, who is with us now, he's just migrated back from from university, like within the last, I don't know, like 30 seconds or so. So, um, Sorry for the bomb site. I do apologise. Like I said, (laughs) I'm not normally this messy. The move from uni back to home is always a bit of a nightmare. So I promise I don't live in a dump. It's just everything's (laughs) all over the shop. But here we are anyway. Now, we've all been there. And uh, the beauty of podcasting is that the people listening to this on on their podcast provider won't have to see the the humanitarian crisis that is your bedroom. Uh, (laughs) But um, the reason you're here, Zach, is not because you're on an episode of Changing Rooms. It is because uh, you are the resident Birmingham expert for the week by virtue of being a (laughs) Birmingham fan yourself. Um, When you think of similar teams, not many people think of Birmingham and Reading. But we are more alike than most of us would like to think because yeah. historically, in, in seasons gone by, we've been scrabbling around the bottom of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have done well in the last like five or so years not to go down, really, mm-hmm. if you look at our league performance. Mm-hmm. But this season, it's kind of looking up for you guys because yeah. we're only separated by three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Eustace is at the wheel. He was uh, appointed in, in the summer. Mm-hmm. and um, And so far... So good, isn't it? I mean, you've you've mm. you've picked up seven wins, seven losses, similar to our mm. ten wins and ten losses. Mm. I mean, what sort of job is John Eustace doing for you guys this season? Yeah, I think as um I think as Blues fans, we're all very happy at the moment. It's really nice actually to see us both sort of around the top half of the table, given the bookies at the start of the season tipped us both to go down. Um, but no, as Blues fans, we're we're very happy with the way we've started. Normally. Uh, around this time of the season we're in the bottom three or at least 20th or 21st or something like that so it's nice to see us um a bit higher in the league this season um I think a lot of Blues fans will agree we probably could be higher in terms of the performances on the pitch 
Um, most games we do play very well. For example, Blackpool at the weekend, we got a nil-nil draw, but we played fantastically, had two disallowed goals, hit the post, probably should have won the game. Um, so I think if a few more results had gone our way, we probably could be higher in the league. Um, but in terms of performances on the pitch and the way we're playing our football and the players we've gotten over the summer and the way we set up at the moment, as Blues fans, we're honestly over the moon with how we're doing. So on the subject of the new faces you've brought in, who's been the most impactful then? Because in terms of the goals, I mean, it's it's the usual suspects like uh, yeah. Scott Hogan, who's, who's mm -hmm. scored nine for you this season. But in terms of the new recruits, who, who's made the biggest impact so far? Yeah, we've... We the players we got in over the summer have all been fantastic, to be honest. I can't really think of one player we bought in who hasn't performed very well. Um, Dion Sanderson, we bought him at, bought him uh, bought him in at centre back. Um, he's been fantastic. Uh, Manuel Longolo at left wing back again done a, a sterling job in my opinion. Two midfielders in Christian Bielik and Hannibal Mabry have both been superb. Um, particularly Hannibal for me. Um, he's obviously from Manchester United, so you expect a little bit of something about him. But he's been brilliant in the midfield. Tahifa Chong as well, who was our one permanent signing from Man United as well. Mm. He's been brilliant. So our recruitment over the summer was fantastic. Austin Trusty as well. Forgot about him briefly there somehow. But um, he's been superb. He's got a few goals at centre-back. I still believe we're the team with the least goals conceded in the championship mm. and potentially the most clean sheets as well. That might have changed because that was a few weeks back. But um, defensively, we've been superb. And I think the defensive recruitments in defence and both midfields completely changed the way we set up and the way we play football in in the past we, we've set up with a five back and we still set up with a five back um, but I think what's been really important for us is the players we've gotten in those roles um, so every signing we made over the summer have been absolutely superb for us yeah I mean looking at your who scored ratings I mean that mm. I always do that before every podcast and I know it's not an exact science mm. but you're three top scoring players on that at the moment are Mark Roberts, Harley Dean, and the wonderfully named, the most American sounding name I've ever seen, Austin Trusty. Um, and, yeah. and like you say, has picked up three goals. So, I mean, that's probably a good indicator that the defence is doing its yeah. job it, it, that it's meant to do. And, mm -hmm. and you know, in terms of the, the setup, you've said about, you know, your, your back three, back five or, or whatnot. Like what specific tweaks has the new manager made to improve on the seasons that have come yeah. before because you know you seem like a much harder tough that much harder nut to crack this mm -hmm. season and why do you think that is I think I think for a few reasons I think in the past when we have played the five back the wing backs have almost been quite reserved in the fact that they will sit very very deep and that obviously invites a lot of pressure into our uh, final third um our two full backs now or two wing backs now in Colin and Longolo do push much higher up the pitch and often attack can be the best form of defence, can't it? So I think us playing a little bit higher up the pitch, a little bit more aggressive, pressing a bit more, um, has been a real key to our success. And I think those two defensive midfielders, as I mentioned in in Bielik and Hannibal, um, often we set up with a few more attacking midfielders in the past, mainly in Gary Gardner, um, Ivan Sunjic, who was okay for us, but not the best. But having two real strong defensive midfielders in the middle of the park we're just, a, we're just a tough team to break down. Don't get me wrong, we're not banging in three, four goals a game, but we're, we're very rarely conceding more than one goal per game. So, as I said, the defence can be the best form of attack. Um, we're setting up really well. We're a tough team to score against. John Ruddy in goal as well, forgot to mention, he's been superb in between the sticks. So, it'll, I think it'll be tough for you guys to score at the weekend. I, I won't lie, because the way we set up at the moment is just brilliant. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking down your roster and there is a smattering of quality all over the place, mm. really. I mean, we've mentioned uh, Christian Bielik already and, you know, off the back of Poland's World Cup performance, I, I was looking at Bielik and thinking, God, like, where's he playing now? Because, you know, in mm. the back of my mind, I'm thinking the last saw him at Derby and, you know, yeah. they have their mass exodus there. And mm. so seeing him rock up at Birmingham, I mean, that must be a, a brilliant addition for you. And, and yeah. equally, you know, you John Ruddy experience in this division. So, you know, yeah. it's all ticking along on the yeah. pitch. I just kind of want to ask about the off-pitch situation because mm-hmm. I've seen murmurings in the press about takeover that takeovers yeah. that ha- have and haven't happened. Mm-hmm. And the last we heard was the um, the mooted takeover hasn't happened and mm-hmm. they pulled out. What's mm-hmm. the latest there, Zach? Yeah, it's, sadly for us, it's all gone a bit quiet. Really, it was um, Lopez and Richardson who were meant to um, get a, a good share in the club. Sadly, that hasn't happened. The reasons as to why are pretty unknown. We have our guesses, we have our rumours, but we're not really sure why they pulled out of the deal. Um, It is a big shame for us because we've certainly been a club with a lack of stability for many years now. um, And we've just really struggled to, you know, on the pitch, we're doing better these days, but off the pitch, we've always had our problems and those problems continue, sadly. It's, It's a shame because you've got to question, and I think this was mentioned on TalkSport, who would be willing to buy the club because I can't see many people with a spare 35, 40 million, however much we're worth, wanting to come in and buy Birmingham City. You know, we've got stadium repair problems. We've Mm. got lots and lots of debt. Um, Don't get me wrong, I'm not an expert. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. But on the surface of things, from the outside looking in, I can't see why anyone would want to buy the club. So a real shame the takeover didn't happen. Mm. Uh, And sadly for us, our off-pitch problems continue. Mm. Yeah, it's it's, uh, you you have my sympathy there because... We were talking last week, actually, to Coventry fans who were saying much the mm. same in that, you know, Coventry have always been, you know, a, a well-organised team on the pitch, but it's mm-hmm. just the opposite, you know, mm. off the pitch. And, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty close. I wouldn't call you neighbours, but you're, you're as near <laughs> as that. Yeah. And it's and so do you reckon, I mean, let's assume that none of that detracts mm-hmm. from the good season that you're having mm-hmm. already. You're five points off the playoffs and you're five points off relegation. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon you can keep up the at picking up points at the rate that you are doing? Do you reckon you mm-hmm. can go one step beyond and push for the playoffs this season? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, basically, now that we've had the mid-season break, first of mm-hmm. its kind, how do you see the rest of the season panning out for you guys at Birmingham? Yeah, I think January is very, very important for us in terms that we could lose some players, we could gain some players. So Christian Beale, it looks like he will go back to Derby. Um, purely because they're, they're, they've got a few injuries at the moment. I believe they have a transfer ban. Don't quote me on that, but I believe they do. Um, so they've got a few problems there. They're going to need Beelit back. And with the way he's been performing, you know, it makes sense to bring him back as a Derby County fan manager or whatever. Um, I think we're lacking in a few areas on the pitch. Um, not many, but in terms of just backups and having reserve players, we've been quite fortunate to not have too many injuries so far this season. But with the Christmas period, you know, it's very busy, isn't it? So I think January is a crucial time for us. Who we get in and who goes will probably determine the rest of our season. I think, say, if Bielik were to go and that was pretty much it, then I think we can finish in a solid mid-table position. Um, but I think if we don't get a lot of players in... Um, it could be looking a bit. I, I think we'll be probably towards the lower half. I think, I think the summer will be crucial for us in terms of that's where things could really go wrong because the majority of players we've got in are loans, um, mm. and they could be going at the end of the season. But in terms of how I think we'll finish this season, I think if January goes okay, I think we'll probably finish about where we are now. 
Yeah, it's such a concertina league this season. It's mm. it's been the tightest I can really remember. Yeah. I mean, even for Reading fans now looking at the table, you mm-hmm. know, given that we until recently, you know, hadn't won in like a few games. All of a sudden yeah. we're up to eight and we're like, how's yeah. that happen? <laughs> I know, I know, so, I know it's madness, isn't it? It's mad it's so tight. I mean, most years it seems pretty close, but this year especially, it just seems unbelievably tight. There, there doesn't seem to be real mm any standout poor teams and no yeah. real standout amazing teams. So it just makes the table so tight. Well, that's it. I mean, in the seasons before when we've been really struggling, we've been saved by the fact that there's usually one or two teams that look destined for the drop early mm-hmm. doors. So you're only really sort of fighting each other for that last spot. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not like that this season, especially with the likes of, you know, West Brom, who are turning a corner with the new manager, mm-hmm. uh, Carlos Corbran. And it's, you know, it's it's really, really interesting. Again, you don't know how the mid-season break is going to affect mm. the running. And, but, you know, with looking ahead to this Friday, you know, we are the early kickoff on the Friday. Mm-hmm. And how do you see it going? Because I can't call it. I mean, I've got a terrible track record of getting any school predictions right on mm. this podcast. Um, <laughs> we're halfway through the season. I don't think I've got one right. But um, I... I, I kind of back us to keep our unbeaten streak going. It's not much of a streak, mm-hmm. it's two games. But um, mm-hmm. but we're looking better. Um, we've started to get some players back. Um, and we we did grind out a win against Hull when we didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I'm kind of fancying us for a draw against you guys. But mm-hmm. but do you think any any different to me, Zach? Yeah, we, we filmed a podcast recently and that's exactly what I said. I was backing a 1-1 draw. Um, purely because, like I said at the start, we very rarely concede many goals. I doubt you'll see us hopefully not conceding two or three, and I hope that doesn't come back to haunt me. But Mm. I think it will be a 1-1. I think defensively, we're nice and solid. We're tight. We don't have loads of goals in us, but we are often able to nick the odd one. Scott Hogan actually was injured at the weekend, and there hasn't been a lot of talk whether he'll be back. So I Mm. think if he's out, then that could limit our opportunities of scoring, given you know we wasted a few at the weekend. Um, but certainly looking at your team, you've got some good players going forward as well. I think your team's probably quite underappreciated in terms of the quality you've got on the pitch. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't follow yourselves week in, week out. But looking, you do have <laughs> some good, you would. do have some good players on that pitch though that do worry me a bit. So I honestly think with the way we set up defensively and we've got the odd goal in us, I think I go for a one-one this weekend. Yeah, I think it's sensible. I mean, looking at our recent track record, it, we've had a litany of two-one results against each other. Mm. I mean, in our last six, we've mm. both won three each. So, yeah. so Birmingham have won three, Reading have won three. You know, I'm looking down. We two-one, two-one, two-one. It was two, yeah. One, you beat us three, both one, times three, last season. Did, did you? Yeah. Did you beat us I don't both know, times last season. I yeah, don't know did. how that happened because we haven't done the double <laughs> over Birmingham in years. But um, that's that, that's right. Last time we played, I'm just looking now. Uh, yeah, John Swift and Blues, Lucas Chow. Yeah. yeah, and then and then McIntyre scored an own goal in the mm-hmm. 80th minute. Yeah, oh, fond mm-hmm. memories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, in terms of your man to look out for on mm-hmm. on Friday, then Zach, mm-hmm. who is the player most likely to cause damage to Rennie? Because you've mentioned about Hogan potentially mm-hmm. being unfair. You know, who who is your early prediction for Man of the yeah. Match for the Blues? I think if Scott Hogan is fit, I think he is a danger. I think he's, I've said this multiple times, Scott Hogan is the best version of Scott Hogan we've seen at Blues since he joined the club because he's not just now scoring goals, he's assisting as well. His hold-up play, his movement, the way he moves the ball as well has, has increased exponentially uh, since the start of the season. But I think if Hogan is injured, I'd probably say the man to look out for I'd probably say Tahifa Chong just because of that pace he does possess. Um, he's a bit of a tricky player. He's got some flair. He's got some skill to his game. 
Um, so I'd say Scott Hogan, but failing which, and let's say he's injured, I'd, I'd say Chong's your man to watch out for. I mean, that's that's sort of bittersweet music to my ears because as a as a proud half Dutchman, I'd love oh, to see yeah. Tahit oh, Chong. Come. <laughs> I'd love to see Tahit Chong come good, but I just hope it's not against us this yeah. Friday. So. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Zach. No um, you, you've you've um, spilled the beans as far as Birmingham are concerned. Uh, we both think it's going to be a draw, which probably means mm-hmm. now like one of us is going to get Tom 4 0, but that's the way yeah. it is. <laughs> and, um, and that's our last fiction now until after Christmas, yeah. unbelievably. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to those of you listening at home, Elm Park Royals fans, or even Blues Focus fans, um, we do wish you a as merry a Christmas as possible. Um, stay warm eat lots of crap and <laughs> um and we will see you and hear you on this uh, venerable humble podcast uh, in a couple of weeks until then thanks for listening thanks to the lads at blues focus you can follow them on twitter at blues focus uh, you can follow zach i think it's wood zach 22 that's the one that's there the you one. go gotta get the gotta get the promo <laughs> in yeah and, of uh, course and uh, you can follow them for all of your, your blue stuff. And um, for all you Reading fans listening, come on, you ours, take care, and goodbye.